Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Shot Quality Top 25 show. This is our second time running through this type of uh, presentation. I am live here with my good friend, Big 3 for 3. And on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down all the differences between the Shot Quality Top 25 rankings and the AP Top 25 to really give all of you at home listening, watching, wherever you might be, just an idea of the differences that we see in the shot quality numbers, what is going on on the court that creates these differences, and of course, why. Why you might be able to find these uh, discrepancies. There's a few, and we're going to get right into it, but Big Three, how are you doing today? You're excited about the show? Yeah, super excited. Got some good graphics and stuff lined up this week. Should be easier to follow along too. So excited about yeah, that. Yeah, let's yeah, I'm excited too. We'll 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 pull it right up. We're gonna jump right into the shotquality.com rankings. And and we'll go straight from the top big three. Purdue moved down three to three, moved down two spots, right? They were number one last week. They're gonna be number three this week. We saw some change at the top of the uh of the poll today. What do you make of it? Who's who's your number one team right now in the country? I know it's like a loaded question, but like, yeah, you, no, do you think I, it should I, still be Purdue? It's interesting because we always talk about like wins and like wins and losses being what drives the AP pool and not as much. Like Purdue's still at a very comfortable lead at shot quality number one, right? Like we talked about this last time. You see a lot of these other differences between two and three or three and four, like. 0.01 or, or nothing, you know, really. And Purdue has that, you know, three hundredths um, lead over the next team, which is UCLA. I agree. I think Purdue probably as is, is, is still the best team in the country. I think it makes sense from an AP poll standpoint. They've lost what two games in the last two weeks. You can't really retain the number yeah. one spot um, having done that. And so it, it makes sense why they got voted down, but I do still believe they're probably the best team in the country. Yeah, it, it's definitely a difficult one for Purdue right now. It's it's not going to be easy with the AP being so, uh, I guess, determined to weigh wins and losses as just that. Uh, and we've seen it. It's a very binary system. Of course, interestingly enough, shot quality did rate the loss for Purdue at Indiana to be a win. So we expected Purdue to win based on the quality of the shots. They lost by five. We projected a win by five on the road. So uh, that changes a lot of things, right? I mean, you talk about a single game result. People are going to sit there today and say, oh, Indiana should be rated higher today because they beat Purdue. Well, what if your metrics don't even have that happening? You'd probably say that Indiana shouldn't be as high as they are and Purdue should remain number one. And that's kind of what we see in the shot quality ratings today. Now, Number one was awarded to Alabama, and, and they are just in the image on the screen right now in the top seven, coming in at sixth in shot quality. Bama's walking into Tennessee in a crazy difficult spot. Are we setting up the number one team to lose this week, Big Three? Yeah, I think that's an interesting game. And honestly, I think it's funny because a lot of people's like thing with um, – Alabama, like the reason that Alabama you would presume would be as high on shot quality as they are in the AP pool or any other analytics site is because what they do offensively so well is exactly what shot quality wants you to do offensively. Their rim and three rate, which is essentially the shot quality metric, is I think third in the nation. It was on that last screen. I think it's third in the nation. Um, but yeah, they they take shots at the rim and they and they take good 
high quality threes. Yep. Third in the nation. Um, and Crazy. also I, I think like the big thing to note here though, is why shot quality doesn't like Alabama as much is entirely tied to their defense, which is really funny because most other analytics sites actually have their defense rated higher than their offense. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that says a lot um, about, you know, maybe what's gone on and what's contributed to how well they've played this year is it seems like a lot of defensive luck, right? Um, any yeah. other analytics site is grading defense based on what's actually happened in these games. We are grading defense off of what should have happened. And you see, a lot of shot quality expected losses there and a lot of shot quality expected losses where the opponent was projected to score score a lot more look at lsu it's crazy it's yeah and even like wins against missouri right like missouri scored 64 they're projected to score 80. you know like mm-hmm. a lot of these games and they're um basically it, it seems like they're getting a lot of defensive luck and i think like ultimately I try. I was like hoping to be able to look at Alabama's team page and just like find one metric that was like, oh, this is why they're bad on on defense, right? And it really, there really is no one answer. They they defend the rim pretty well. You can see they're 39th in the country. They also defend off the dribble three pointers pretty well. Um, I think it could be the, what this stuff defense is pretty it's pretty weak. But they don't get yeah. there's not like a high percentage of of shots. They end up forcing a lot of mid range. They're pretty good at defending it you're right nothing really is going to jump out here it it probably is this it's probably at their 321st in the nation at forcing turnovers on defense and they're just not you absolutely nailed it so what i was going to say too is you look at the finishing at the rim off the dribble threes that only makes up 46 percent of opponent shots so they guard about half of opponent shots really well the other half not super well um but you're 100 right you compare an alabama to Iowa State, right? Iowa State is far and away the top shot quality team on defense. Um, And the reason being is their turnover rate is insane. I I know it's first in the country. I think it's like 25%. You compare Iowa State's 25% turnover rate to Alabama's 15%. And it's just like, it's so, so different. And honestly, like when you boil, like when it all comes down to it, like the reason or the way to, I guess, be rated highly in shot quality and these types of metrics, like a shot percentage metric is to not allow a shot at all. Right. And I think right. like, that's yeah. something that like, yeah. ultimately any shot that you take, no matter how contested, no matter how bad you get, you're you going to have for. maybe a yeah. 25 to 30% chance on a highly contested three from someone that's not that good. You're creating turnovers. The opponent will never score. Right. That's so I think point. that's like, that's something that shot quality really rates highly is turnover percentage and how in same with like offensive rebounding right but it's like how frequently are teams generating these types of possessions that will never end it score right and i think like that's something that it's like you mentioned alabama does not do well at all and shot quality doesn't like that and for that reason because of how their defense is played not generating very many yeah shot quality suspects that this is not how it should be playing out. You they see, let you take shots. shots. They let you get shots up. And, you know, the easiest way to not lose a basketball game is to not let your opponents get shots up. Like, it's just that simple. You want to win? Don't let them shoot. You know, like that. It's really simple. And and so I think what shot quality ends up doing, and I think maybe there can always be that disconnect, right? It's like the worst shot on the floor if it's like, oh, let's say it's from three, right? Let's say it's the worst player taking the, a contested shot from three. And let's arguably say it gets a 20% uh, 
uh, expected hit rate. I mean, that might people might say, oh, it should be five, it should be three, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Let's say it's 10 for argument's sake. That's still generating 0.3 points. And I, I know that's not a lot, but you know, it is probably gonna be closer to 0.25 and it's gonna generate closer to 0.75 points, even for a bad three point attempt that you don't think is worth much. Bad threes go in all the time. Just watch, just watch basketball. It happens all the time, especially in college. <laughs> but you know, that's the thing is that this, the score keeps adding up. And because eventually those bad threes fall, they go through the hoop and you're like, how the heck did that happen? You know, like three bad ones in a row. Well, they probably hoisted up 20 terrible ones and they hit three. So, you know, I think what really matters for shot quality is understanding that it's about the value of the shots created. And even the worst shot created is better than no shot created. And that's why it loves Iowa State. Uh, because it's just not letting you get the possessions. It's not letting you get the attempts. And that's how you limit quality of shot is by allowing no shot at the end. Yeah, and I think the other thing too here that you come on is like Alabama, if you click into their team page again, defensively, like another thing to look at is just these regression stats, right? Like they are defending things. You can look at how they're expected to defend things, but ultimately – if you look at their three-point regression stats, teams are shooting 26% from three against them with an expected percentage of 33. Wow. And this is just wow. like – and the, at the rim, uh, finishing at the rim discrepancy is huge too. Nine percent finishing at the rim. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and so in conference play, teams are shooting 21% from three against Alabama. That's and ridiculous. based on the quality of their shot, they should be shooting 33%. Basically the same percent. Look at the- <laughs> Yeah. And so this is unbelievable. A 0.12 differential on defense expected. They're they're allowing 0.89 points per possession. Shot quality is expecting 1.02 points per possession on a game with 60 possessions. You're talking about seven plus points that they shot quality on average is saying their defense should be allowing. So uh, look, I like it. I've been playing these Alabama overs. The last one didn't hit, but I'll probably keep going with it. I know this isn't supposed to be the betting show, but I can't help myself. I, I think the other thing here too, Justin, is like you look, it's like the shot quality field goal percentage for Alabama's threes on offense, 34%. Defensively, 33%. Basically, based on the quality of their threes compared to opponents, they should be making the same percentage of threes. And they're making 15% different. I mean, over the course of 23s in a game, right? Like, it, it, it's you're oh talking about God. 9, 10 points in one Easy. game, right? Every time. And it's just like, that's not sustainable at all. And we've seen this. Like, a good example was Creighton, right? We talked about this on the last Top 25 show. But you can kind of read some of these regression stats and – predict where things are going to go in the future and with alabama defensive regression will hit like teams are going to start hitting shots against them and i mean you can make any argument in the world you want of you know they can test it better they play better defense or maybe they're letting the right guys shoot but it's like shot quality accounts for all of that stuff shot quality knows how contested the shot is shot quality knows the expected percentage in that shot type of every person taking the shot so it doesn't really make sense if that's your justification of like Oh, Al- well, Alabama's different, or they're doing things yeah. different. Like, that's all taken into account here. Sweet. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and that's that's what we see on the entire list. Let's run through the list in full, honestly, and, and just talk about what we're seeing, some of the things that look the same. I mean, you know, we saw Kansas get the number five today. Shot quality agrees. Kansas is the number five team in our site as well. 
we are seeing, uh, you know, I think a, an interesting one that looked pretty similar to me uh, earlier today. Which one was it? Oh, yeah. Kansas State's like, like right there. 15, I think, for Kansas State. Let me scroll here. Uh, yeah, 15 for Kansas State is pretty similar. Uh, Texas isn't very far off. Um, you know, a couple are, are a little different. Obviously, we'll talk about them. Gonzaga, pretty close. I think they they pulled in. What did they get today? Uh, Gonzaga was 13th today in the AP. So, you know, we have, look, I think this is a, this is a fun show, right? Big three to talk about, like, the little differences here. But you got to understand that you're you're talking about all these teams that are basically within a couple percentage points of each other in terms of efficiency, in terms of expected yep. efficiency. Kentucky 0.21, right, is at 27th, right? But we're, we're talking about 0.21 all the way up here until you get to 19th, 0.22 all the way till you get to 14th. And then, you know, you're talking about like 6 or 7% maybe uh, between these teams that, that – is the difference here and and it's it's not it's not that crazy to think that this could change at any time that a bad game in the shot quality shifts everything um it's it's interesting i don't know any any of them jump out to you any of them we talked yeah. about uconn a lot in the last episode uh baylor's been doing well we talked about tcu we know they're hurt and i think the rankings the ap rankings especially know that they're a little injured and are hesitant to, to give them like the respect for their body of work a little. They're still ranked, which is yeah, you know, TCU, good enough, but I don't know. TCU is a great one, I think. And I think we have to touch on them again after what happened this weekend against Baylor. Baylor is a team that shot quality has become really, really high on. And honestly, so mm-hmm. as the AP poll and everyone else. Country. Yeah. They were expected, based on quality of shot, to beat Baylor at home without Miles or Lampkin, which is like pretty insane, honestly. This is a spot... And we talked about it last week where it, it was going to be tough for them without Miles, let alone Lampkin. Yeah. You know, and I think like yeah. for them to have been expected to win this game based on the quality shot of the players that they did have is pretty impressive. And that's the other thing about shot quality is like this is not expecting everyone to have played to the percentage that Miles might have shot, right? Like this is based right. on the players that are taking the shots, and we still expected them to win this game. And so I think like that's something now TCU's lost three in a row and they're down to 22 in the rankings. It's like, if you were hot on TCU two weeks ago, there's no reason you should have cooled off. They've lost three games without miles. They played Baylor super. And they should have beaten Baylor. Exactly. And they played very poorly down the stretch. They were, there was a point halfway through the second half. I think they're up eight to 10. Like they easily could have won that game. And so I think that that's something else that's, um, I don't know. It's just like you should not have cooled off on TCU based on the last two weeks. Once they get everyone back, if you thought they were the seventh, you can get a discount on them in any way. Right. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And look, the Big 12 is also a gauntlet. So we're we're talking about playing in in one of the toughest conferences, if not the toughest conference by a long shot. I don't know why this isn't loading up for me here. There we go. Um, we're talking about like one of the more difficult conferences to play with or in. And, and so you're going to get tough losses, but you're also not – you shouldn't get that penalized for losing to Baylor. Baylor's kicking butt uh, a lot. You know, they've really come on in the last couple of weeks. Shot quality putting them as a top four team. I believe they got ninth today in the AP. Top five in defense, top ten in offense. It's a pretty powerful combo. We've seen that they've just gone on a tear. 
Shot quality, again, actually had them beating Texas. But what I was going to say was that this last loss to TCU, you're not going to see Baylor take a huge hit in the ratings because we don't have losing to TCU is all that bad of a thing. They're a top 10 team in our ratings. So, yeah, you take a loss by two, you know, to TCU at TCU. That's exactly how it should be. Right. That's basically saying these teams are pretty neutral in, in terms of and, and maybe even that Baylor probably is a little better. Right. Maybe a four point home court right now for how it's looking in the Big 12. But it's it's definitely not a knock on on Baylor or TCU to have this close game. I think we need to see that as like both of those teams are at that level. Baylor is being ranked as instead of like the, the 20s that we're getting for TCU. So. I don't know. It's it's always an interesting process. Let's let's check in a little bit more with the rankings right now. So again, we've talked a lot about UConn. We've talked about Baylor. UCLA stays doing their thing. Uh, they they had a game where people were thinking they were going to lose to what Oregon, and of course they got it done. Um, so they'll stay at the top. I think they're what they're fourth right now. Is that correct? Yeah, they're fourth, and that's pretty fair. Top five's pretty like you know close. Everyone wants a singular number one best team but i don't know big three maybe you can comment on that what what's your feeling is there ever really at least this season has there been a true number one is it even fair to ask anyone to say who a true number one is i mean we likelihood is that whoever you think the true number one is won't be making it to the final four yeah like i mean I, i think that's that's true and i think honestly like you the fascination with like picking the number one team or, you know, even like Alabama getting the ones like the ranked first this week in their Twitter page posts about it first time in 20 years. It's like, it really does not matter and could not matter less. Right. Like you want a team that's built for March and that's going to do well in March. And honestly, like you look at these teams and I really like guard driven teams in March. Right. And like, as you think of like, basically which of these teams do you want? Like if you had one team, in March, which of these teams do you want? Purdue, even UConn, not super high on my list. And honestly, neither is in Alabama. Um, and I think part of the reason, like the Purdue-UConn one, like they they are really reliant on bigs and obviously do have guards around them. I'm not saying that they're they're not course, capable yeah. guard-wise, but like UCLA's guards, Baylor's guards, um, yeah. even Kansas's guards, like I'm, I'm taking them any day of the week, you know? And I think it's like, it's easier to, to scheme defensively against big men. And I mean, you look at like, St. Peter's. St. Peter's was like a perfect example of they played Shibwe and then they played Purdue um, with two bigs last year. And it's like, and they're able to beat those teams much smaller because of coaching and scheming around it. And so I think like that's something that like, as you try to decide the true number one, like, yeah, I agree. Purdue is the number one team based on what they've done this year, but is Purdue who I would say is the favorite in the NCAA tournament? No, like absolutely not. You know? And so I think like that's a different argument. And I think like people's fascination with like crowning the champion in the middle of the season based on the four months body of work is just like pretty useless. And I think ultimately it's like, it's not really going to tell you who is, the team that I want in March, at least, you know, right. It's not, and it's not going to help you in the day to day trying to evaluate games or understanding who's going to win. If that's your type of, you know, vibe, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That really big three. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we have, we have a big game coming up between Alabama and Tennessee. We, we can maybe talk about that one. Uh, maybe one of us will write about it this week on the new SQ wire. If you haven't checked that out on shockqualitybets.com, it's shockqualitybets.com slash blog. 
And you can see a lot of different articles that myself, Big Three, a couple of other guys on the content team have been putting up some winning picks. We've uh, we actually have our our newest writer Max hasn't lost a day using his sheet. That'll be posted later. Uh, kind of fun. No pressure, Max, if you're hanging. Uh, but anyway, some other teams here towards like the middle of the top 25 on shot quality. I think that there's some teams here that we have rated pretty highly that don't get the nod from the committee, committee from the pollsters, from the, I don't even know what you call them at this point, the casuals, um, <laughs> that don't get the love. Which ones really jump out? I mean, I think there's there's both ways to go, right? We could talk about an Illinois. Who yeah, that's exactly who I was going to talk about. Or we could talk about an Indiana, who I think we talk about both. But let's let's start with Illinois. This is a really interesting team here. We have them just, again, dominating the paint, efficient attacking the rim, good in transition, not allowing teams to shoot the three, chasing them off the line, uh, which can obviously help teams that are good in the paint not like you know let their opponent essentially outscore them on a shot-by-shot -shot basis if you're really good in the paint you definitely don't want to just be terrible at defending the three now they're coming off of a win against Rutgers I guess the AP didn't really like that um they are right outside the rankings though yeah so it's not like but they got no respect they're technically technically 28th in in votes yeah, and I think like even I saw the latest like bracketology had them as a six seed, and I honestly even saw people complaining about them as a six seed. I think there's this big stigma around Illinois this year because of some of the issues they had with like Underwood calling out players in the mm -hmm. like press conference. Like I think people just think that there's issues with Illinois, and regardless of your opinion of Illinois, they're young on offense. Like their offense too, just like doesn't look great at moments. They are an elite defensive team. And I think shot quality has them third in the country yeah, in defense. Yeah. They defensively, will you go to the breakdown of their defensive stats, Justin, because it's like pretty insane. Um, okay. They're first in half court defense, third in transition <laughs> defense. Like everything here you see on the defensive side is green. And I think one of the biggest things, if you can zoom into the shot types there, Justin, mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. – force opponents to shoot the most mid-range shots of anyone in the country. And it's like wow. you talk about shot quality, you talk about even people beyond shot quality know that long twos are not good shots, right? And if you're yeah. able – and it's like exactly what guard was able to do at Wisconsin for a while, right? Like their entire defense was set up around chasing teams off the three-point line and protecting the rim to where you have to take a shot in the mid-range. Mm -hmm. And it's like mm – -hmm. Not only that, they also guard the mid-range well, which is impressive. But They do. They do. Force, I mean, look, there's just all green, and they're forcing teams to take bad shots. I think they force the fourth best or fourth worst yeah. shot selection on defense. Mm -hmm. So that's really heavily tied to the mid-range, obviously. But they do everything and the, yeah. you yeah. want on defense. And, and once again, like tying to the turnover percentage, not as high as an Iowa State, um, but – 19% good enough for the top third in the country is definitely a good turnover percentage, especially in their conference as well. Um, yeah, and look, they they definitely allow the open three a good amount. Uh, they definitely could clean this up. That's the only blemish I've seen. Uh, but, you know, it, it doesn't even look like the the points are coming in so much on them, uh, yeah. on the open threes. So, I don't know. Well, let's, let's look at the regression stats, see if maybe there's something telling here. Nothing crazy. Uh, they should be scoring more points down low. It's probably a big deal for a team like Illinois. Uh, they should be finishing at the rim. 
Uh, they're, they're finishing at the rim too well, actually. So I should shut up. That's yeah, same wrong. with down low. <laughs> but the, the three-pointers uh, three pointers is yeah. a big, like, yeah. Especially with shot quality. Like, our ability to predict three-point percentage is is really high. Like, you yes. because you have all this data on players, you know it's a very easy shot to tell how contested it is. And so – and you also can break it down by shot type, right? So it's like right, right. catch the and shoot three, three, off the yeah. dribble three, like things like that. And so – like those percentages, if you're seeing like a few percent discrepancy, that's pretty significant. It's like seeing a seven percent discrepancy for Alabama's defense is like that's not just gonna relatively happen. unheard of, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's 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 because there's been some extraordinary play one way or another, whether it's one team just getting extremely unlucky or the other getting extremely lucky. Uh it happens. It's gonna happen. There's always gonna be outliers, you know. It's like there's a saying I think back when I studied like statistics, it's like, you know, the sum of the extraordinary events can sometimes outweigh the sum of the ordinary. And what that means is that you, there are so many crazy things that could happen versus so few expected, normal, boring things that could happen that oftentimes the total of the crazy things happening can be bigger than the total of the normal. And so all of a sudden you're seeing crazy things all the time and you're like, why are crazy things happening? And it's like, okay, yeah, the chance of that specific crazy thing was small, but the chance of any crazy thing is is pretty pretty real out here in college basketball. So uh, that's what happens when you have a game with 120 shots of you know 18, 19, and 20 year olds shooting a ball at an 18 inch hoop. It's it's just it's not like the unheard of is is not going to happen. But Big three. What are some of the bottom teams on shot quality that you're surprised to see? I'm interested in your take in West Virginia, who don't, I don't even think they got a vote on the AP this week. What do you think of that? Is that a snub? Uh, should we be giving this West Virginia team more respect? Or, I mean, they have been losing in the Big 12, but it's the Big 12. And these are some of the best teams in the country. They just yeah. have to practice against, essentially. If you run into this team in the in, in the first or second round, I do not think you're like, oh, thank God, it's West Virginia. You're like, oh, yep. shit, it's a Big 12 team. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, th I think one of the biggest things with West Virginia, like you said, is the record, right? Like I, I, we, we've talked about it a ton of times. No one in the AP poll right now in the top 25 has more than eight losses. And the right, teams with right. eight are like Creighton, Iowa State, TCU. And so like West Virginia with 10 losses, they're just like – because of how not i'm not saying this is correct but because of how these polls work and how the voters work like yeah. a team that's 15 and 10 is not going to get a shot in it's um, never going to but you you look at it from a tournament committee perspective where you talk about like quad one wins right like they have you know the tcu win the even the auburn like oklahoma iowa state like they have a lot of good wins but i will say like West Virginia has a very good home court advantage. And I think like it's, it is a little bit True. concerning to see most of these good results coming at home uh -huh. um, yeah. and the way results, right? Like getting absolutely blown out by Texas um, is not going to help their case, you know? And I, I, I do think that even that second T or that TCU loss there, I'm pretty sure was without miles. Don't quote me on that, right. but if it was, I think it was, that's a game you have. You should probably win on the road if you're really trying to make yeah. this this argument. And so I think like they have a decent resume, but not a resume that like jumps out the books. I agree that it's like it's not a team that I would want to play by any means. Um, 
you see over there they finish at the rim, rim pretty well and defend the rim pretty well which is like kind of like to me that's that's a makeup of a team that you would like in march right like that i think those are ultimately shots that you're going to be able to get and shots that you're going to have to defend no matter what and so i think that they are like you said built um well to be a team that's scary in march but it's all going to depend on the seating and i will say I, I do think the committee is very in tune with how good this conference is this year and i think that they're going to have yeah. no problem putting in most of the teams and and seating them probably pretty generously but they might come into the I, I think yeah two games above 500 which is is just kind of bizarre i think it's pretty safe to say that this top seven from the from the big 12 should be tournament teams I mean, I yeah. know West Virginia is probably going to get some bubble questions for sure based on these losses, based on what people have been seeing. And and if you just saw what we were looking at, you saw that strip of, of yellow early in the conference season, which is partially what shot quality is is basing its rating on. And I'll, I'll open it up again here uh, just so in case anyone missed it. But look at how they started the season here, right? Lost to Oklahoma State, lost to Kansas, lost to Baylor. Should have won all three. So if they win all those three, it is different. And that's what, yeah. I mean, I know that's not what happened. Of course, there's going to be people sitting here watching, uh, you know, being like, oh, that's not what happened, though. They lost. And, yeah, no one's saying they didn't lose. They, But the likelihood is that if you replayed that game with those exact shots taken by those exact same players in the exact same manner, right, simulated 10,000, 20, I don't care how many times you want to simulate. The average, the median, I shouldn't say the average, the median score that shot quality would expect on those three games would result in the win for West Virginia. And, and I mean, same thing with a big Purdue win on a neutral court. I imagine if they had these four wins under their belt. I think it just looks very different. Um, and, and you need to understand they have played some of those really good teams very well. Um, I mean, back to this big 12 list. Yeah. I, I would understand Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma not getting in. But, you know, you got to – I mean, this top six is probably the best top six of any conference in the country, and it's it's not even close. And we I have, think – Yeah. I, I don't even – I mean, I could make a very strong argument for Oklahoma State. To be honest, I'm not yeah. super aware of the Lenardi bracketology stuff right now, but I'd be pretty shocked if Oklahoma State wasn't in or at least in strong oh, contention oh, right I'm now sure. for a spot. Um, and I – the other thing I'll say, just side tangent here as we're looking this up, um, is that, like teams with 10 losses, I think it's just like that's a number that scares people, especially at this point in the season. Like I really do think that double-digit losses is probably negatively impacting them a little too much here. I guess let's try to see where. No, he had them as the uh, last four by. For okay, so State. Oklahoma State is in as well, and that means West Virginia is definitely in. Um so yeah, eight Nine. teams in right now. Um, it's a lot. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, but also probably justified. Um, I, I agree. I fully agree with you. I can't. We're gonna. This show's gonna slowly morph into bracketology over the next like four weeks. That's which is great. We might have to add like a, a new bracketology show. Honestly, maybe okay, that's Justin Wednesday. Anyway, Justin, I have yeah. a new team to talk about. All right. Um, okay. I want to talk about Ohio State for a second. And I think you're going to be shocked about how far we have to scroll down in shot quality no, because thirty-seven probably not near as far as people would suspect. So speaking of teams with tons of losses that everyone hates, um, Ohio State, 
we have at 37th in the country with an 11 and 14 record, not even playing in the toughest conference in the country. And I think like this is going to be a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. Um, I okay for a second. This is the first exercise we're going to do is we're going to go through their schedule and pretend like all of the shot quality results were actual results. So sure. they've now beaten San Diego State. You lose to Duke by six. You lose okay. to North Carolina on a neutral by 10. Okay. You lose to Northwestern Ooh. on the road, which Northwestern is a tournament team. Right. Okay. Six-point loss. It looked to like you clobbered them. Exactly. Sure. Six-point yes. loss yeah. to Purdue, nine-point loss to Maryland. You beat Minnesota, which is as you're supposed to. You're awful, supposed awful, to. awful loss. Yep. Crazy loss. Okay. Last single digit loss at Rutgers. Fine. Beat Nebraska, another awful loss that they had. Right. Beat Iowa by twelve. And then nice okay, win. Nice three win. losses, all Ooh. tough teams. But then you yeah. go beat Michigan on the road, beat yeah. Northwestern at home. Lose sure. by two instead of twenty-one at home against yeah. Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're now like I think that's they had five wins go, or five losses that should have been wins, and only one win that should have been a loss. So they're now fifteen and eleven, or fifteen and twelve, fifteen and ten. That I, the shot yeah. quality record is the shot quality record, record is based on percentage, right? So, so that's what the discrepancy. Yeah, but they're fifteen and ten with that same record as as uh, mm-hmm. West Virginia. But I, I think it's just kind of crazy to, to do this theoretical of like, okay, if all that happens, they don't really have that many bad losses. They're lost at Northwestern sure, tournament sure. team, Rutgers tournament team. Like it's all tournament teams that they're losing to. And yeah. I saw so many tweets about the disaster that Ohio State has been this Six year. Six losses, how, yeah. Yeah, how much regret people have, you know, betting, placing futures on them, whatever it may be. But it's like, I, I just think that they're a funny one because – people are going to press the panic button and Ohio state fans, whatever, like it it obviously was a huge disappointment of a season where they started in the rankings, you know, and they have zero shot to make the tournament, even unless they win their conference tournament, you know? And so I think it's just like kind of funny that they they, could though. That's not out of, that's not out of the picture in my opinion. It's true. They really know that's crazy to say, but like, Honestly, if, if anything, you probably want to sit here and, and say, okay, I could probably get a great odds on Ohio State going into that Big Ten conference tournament. Like, it's just yeah. the likelihood. Or, or or just taking them money line because, and again, the, the futures are probably where, you know, if you really want to play it and hedge, I would go the future route, but um, a little less efficient markets. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, they were expected that basically, basically what people who don't use this type of data are seeing is a team that has won once, once in it's what, in tw- once in 13 games and 12 games. Yeah. Like, one yeah. win in 12 games is what they're seeing. But what if they were a team that had won five times in the last 12 games? I mean, that's very, very different. 12 game stretch, right? With a lot this of is the gauntlet, man. This is a gauntlet. Yeah. They sh- and, and beating the teams they should have, which they didn't. Right, yeah. uh, taking care of of two solid teams in conference, a big Michigan road win. I mean, look, the Wisconsin loss at home either way isn't great, but you're you're only talking. And then Purdue, but the two, Purdue loss at home isn't bad. Like they only lost by two anyway. Like they yeah. held their own against Purdue early in January, right? And then all their other home games, expected win, actually won. 
Yeah. Okay, not a great game, and then expected to win and expected to be close. And think so, about the price yeah, you could tough. get on Ohio State in a, in a Big Ten tournament. Like you could get an absurd price on them. And the thing is, is that mm-hmm. be based on quality of shot, not based on what's happened, they are the 37th best team in the country. Like to be able to get what you're going to be able to get on Ohio state in the conference tournament should be unheard of for the 37th best team in the country. Right. And so I think like, this is kind of the realization of like, okay, this is a team that's doing awful. That should be in the middle of the pack, you know? And it's like 37th in the country. Like if they're actually there, what is that? A nine seed just outside Mm -hmm. of the nine seed, I think. Um, Yeah. So they're, they're like just inside the tournament, you know, and I think it's like kind of bizarre to think about Ohio state as this tournament team, but they, like you said, they have had their moments and they played Purdue super tough at home. And they also played Duke pretty tough on the road. And like, they have had a lot of good solid conference games too. And I think it's just like one of those things they finish at the rim very well. They defend at the rim very well shot selection defensively they limit opponents to very bad shots. And it's like, they do things that shot quality likes. And it's like, I they also do some things that shot quality doesn't to be fair. Yes. Right. Like the offense is not taking good looks. Um, the shooting hasn't been great. I mean, there's a reason they're 37. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Like, they're not exactly. Yeah. But it could be so much better. And, and, and you never know, they could flip a switch. You know, we're expecting them to have a, a record that's 13% better than it is right now. 11 and 14 versus 14 and 11. That's you're talking about a, a difference that people notice, respect, and that alters their opinions on how to evaluate these teams, whether it's in betting markets, futures markets, if it's with your friends in the group chat, like, you know, in terms of the numerical aspect of it, Ohio State is playing much better than what their record indicates. Uh, some shots haven't gone down. It's still not great. Still not great for the Big Ten. I mean, look, we can look at the Big Ten, and you'll see here that they are not by any means in the top of it, but they're a middling team, and people are going to treat them like they're the bottom of this conference. Probably will. Right. Look well, at that. Yeah, we have no, that's 22 one. spots ahead of Indiana, who everyone loves, and they're ranked 14th in the country right now. It's like, the other way around. It's the other way around for Indiana. You're seeing a team yeah. that it looks like they've won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of their last nine and shot quality expects them to have lost an additional three of them. So so it's it's a big discrepancy. Shot quality has them five and four. Imagine if they're five and four right now, what the narrative is. Yeah. Or in that run, it's just not the same thing. And with those big losses to Iowa and Northwestern and lost to Penn state, like it, it, it could have been very different for this team. Now, I'm going to bring in, it's Monday. What are we going to do? Not bring in our guy, Musa. It is Musa Monday, the guy behind the TikToks. If you are not following the Shot Quality Bets TikTok, you're missing out. Every single day, we put up quality content talking about bad beats, talking about, I don't know, Musa can tell you. He's going to recap this show on TikTok. So you're going to want to see it. Mr. Musa, welcome into the show. How's your Monday going? What are you making of the poll? Talk to me, man. I missed you. You know what? It's going pretty well. Um, I will recap this. I always do the top 10 in comparison between the shot quality and the AP poll. And you guys were talking about Indiana. And I, we had some questions um, through the TikTok not too long ago about Indiana. Mm-hmm. And they're one team. I do the, what are they, 58th in shot quality, but they're 14th yeah, in the AP it's, poll? It's pretty crazy. It's 59th right now. 
if, if you want to doubt Indiana, it's easy. You say shot quality expected them to lose way more games than they did during that stretch. You guys were talking about what was it supposed to be five and four instead of nine and no, right. whatever instead you said. Instead of eight and one. Instead of eight and one. Yeah. yeah. So three extra so losses you, in the last night. Yeah. If you're selling, if, if, you, if you're not sold on Indiana, that's what, what you got to, you know, you show somebody this and then there you right. go. But on the other end, if you're trying to buy in on Indiana, all you have to do is say the name Xavier Johnson. Because Xavier mm-hmm. Johnson has played, I think, like 10 games this year. But yeah, he was he the number – yeah, he was the number two scorer last year for the Hoosiers, and he was easily their assist leader. He had 5.1 assists per game last year. He's legit, transferred from Pittsburgh. He's play, I think this is like his fifth year, fourth year, but every year he's been in college, he's been a double-digit scorer, an assist guy, just a really solid basketball player. And when you take kind yeah, of that man. floor general – or at least that backcourt floor general off the court, and it becomes more Trey Galloway and guys like that, which isn't like an awful thing. You still have Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson. It's still like it's your veteran leadership gone. So they did win their last two games on the SQ and actual record. And from what I've heard is he expects to be back by the end of the regular season at one point, maybe a couple tune-up games for the Big Ten Championship. So that should be a big boost, but, I mean – it's like a 50 point, you know, jump. That's just wild. Or it's 50 a big spot jump. jump. It's a big jump. And again, you beat Purdue, you hold court against Rutgers, and then you go and you win an away game, a close one on the road against Michigan, who's, you know, a team everyone loves to talk about. There's a lot of media around the Michigan team always. Um, it's, it's an intriguing game. It's an intriguing place for them. But I mean, you see a Maryland loss by double digits on the road. Maryland's good, but, like, come on. You, you can't sit there and look at a Minnesota win on the road. I think where they were, like, a 10-point favorite in that game. They barely scraped by. That Minnesota team, I'm pretty sure they had, like, seven, seven players that game or something. That was my birthday, the 25th. So I remember that one. It was crazy. I, I won that bet on Minnesota. But, like, the, the bottom line of this is that you should investigate some of these games a little further I, again, and, and here's here's my favorite part about shot quality. Love it, you hate it, whatever you want. But if you go and you look at the box scores, what you're seeing in terms of the shot quality scores is going to line up with the average expectation from the shots selected. So did the game go that way? No. Is every game going to go the way we expect? Heck no. Actually, more likely it's not going to. But the fact of the matter is that the median score is still a good representation of the way the game was played. The shots that were taken, the shots that were allowed to be taken by each team is, is really kind of the best way to understand what you're getting out of a college basketball team, uh, what they produce and what they allow their opponents to produce. Who cares if it goes to the hoop? You want to bet your money on, you know, or, or your reputation. Uh, you Maybe you're just in the analytics for, for reporting and, and staking your name and being the best college basketball analyst. You want to stake that reputation on what, what happened, how many times a bad player is going to hit a shot to totally change the result, or do you want to understand that that was maybe not the best look and they had better options and they got a little lucky to get the result that they did? That's what's actually happening. And if you watch college basketball, you know how many times teams walk away with a lucky result. I mean, Musa, you you make bad beat TikToks all the time, and I'm my bets are the feature of it. It's terrible, you know. Like, <laughs> it's it's uh, it happens all the time. And if Big Three was here, he would agree with me. I know he would. He had to run. We appreciate. It. I'm just gonna give a little shout out to Big Three for three. Definitely follow him 
on Twitter. Uh, that's at big three underscore F O R underscore three. If you didn't see it while the YouTube was playing, you can find it in the comments as well or the description. We'll figure it out. But Musa, I got you here. Talk to me about another team, maybe in the AP that didn't get ranked. So some of the teams in the AP poll that shot quality has, or, or some of the teams that shot quality rankings that the AP doesn't have are Northwestern, Kentucky, uh, Maryland, Mississippi State are all teams who rank much better. Iowa is a top 15 team in shot quality and barely got a vote. I mean, what do you what do you make of this Iowa team? Have you watched much Hawkeye basketball this season? You know what? I, I know that uh, Fran McCaffrey, you know, we could – I think the consensus around him is he's just a darn good coach with the Hawkeyes. And I know one of his sons had to step away from the team. I don't know if it was Connor or the other one or if he's back yet. I don't know if you knew about that or heard anything about that. I didn't know, but we can look uh, It was Connor or Patrick. One of, one of them stepped away. But, I mean, they had that – they had um, – Jesus' name's escaping me, and I talked about him at length last week for West Virginia, the guard who uh, transferred from Iowa to West Virginia. But they still have a Murray on their team. Iowa's going to be good as long as a Murray is on the team, (laughs) and this rendition is Chris. Not as good as Keegan. Keegan was, what, the fourth pick to the Kings? But if you even look at, like, if you go to the Iowa all-shot types, it's just peppered with Chris Murray being in the green when it comes to percentile rankings. Chris Murray, 95th percentile and cut drop. Chris Murray. <laughs> what am I saying? No, no, no I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just literally oh, okay. reading. It's That's a like million times Chris Murray. No, oh, it's yeah. literally all Murray, 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 yeah. Murray, 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 Murray. It's literally everything he does is high value. You're right. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like anytime you have a Murray, you're in a good spot. And then, it, like, like at one point, I think it rattles off Chris Murray, one, two, three, four, five, six, six times out of seven names, uh, with Rabracha the only one in the middle with his yeah. uh, right hand towards the basket, and Murray's in the eighty fourth percentile, eighty fourth, eighty second, eighty first, eighty second, seventy fifth, and above that, ninety third, ninety fifth. He's uh, just a difference maker, and I know they lost. Didn't they lose in the first round when his brother was there? His yes. brother before the draft. They lost. <laughs> who'd they lose to? Yes. It was a, uh, uh, the ooh, Rutgers. Ooh, I don't know. It was. It I think it was. Been. It was ugly. Uh, so, this is quality podcasting right here, folks. So I mean, look, I, I am definitely not gonna. It was Richmond. It, it was Rich- Richmond who upset Iowa, 67-63 in the first round. Yeah, in the first round. Yeah. And, One and day I'll know every single tournament, but not right. That's not today. <laughs> It almost comes up to that th- uh, what what big three seven. I was sitting in the wait room, the waiting room is you need guards, and the two names I see with kind of high volume for possessions and shot quality points per possessions. Now I haven't watched them a lot this year, but luckily these two guys were very good last year, so their names ring a bell. Chris Murray, obviously, and uh, Philip Rabracha. Um, I mean they're both they're bigs, they're good, nice. but, they're but are those, nice. yeah, are those going to be the guys that can take you to the next level type of deal can they make a yeah, run uh, and i mean you brought up last season and the, and the disastrous end for them i mean they had uh gilliard right on on the spiders mm-hmm. Richmond yep. spiders had great guard play and they were able to maneuver and convert big buckets and have guys make their own shots guards tend to make their own shots a little bit better uh, unless you're like a spectacular size big and, and have like the skills and all that but like 
you know, the guards are usually these highly skilled ball handlers who are able to create off the pass, off the dribble, off the screen even. I mean, that's what's going to be important. And, and maybe maybe we got to uh, press the shot quality data science team to start making some specific guard metrics. That'd be pretty cool. But anyway, what do you make? I've got, I got one more team for you here today, and then and we'll jump. Uh, there's, there's a couple teams here, and I got them on the screen, that the, of course, the... I always want to say the committee, man. It's not the committee. The the poll. The people, the AP, yeah. The people. The uh, big, big have, AP. We'll just call it big yeah, AP. Yeah, the big AP. that They have a little higher. So I'll rattle off two teams here, and you tell me which one you want to talk about. Miami coming in at 15 on the AP this week, or Xavier coming in at 16. We have Xavier at 30. And I don't even know how far I have to scroll to find Miami. Okay, 35. So these teams in the 30s for shock quality, getting some respect. Which one do you want to discuss here to close out the show, Musa? Um, I can't believe you didn't bring up my boys from uh, FAU, the Owls. They're 25. Oh, that's fair. But... That's fair. That's fair. That's just a, that's, I feel like that one, and I'll, I'll touch on it really quick why. I feel like that one's pretty purely like record bias, right? They oh, yeah, 22. Yeah. Right. They're, so they're not when, even the number one team in the conference in our shock no, quality, by the way. Yeah, no, UAB, UAB is, is rated higher. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and and I do honestly believe they're probably the better team if you're on a neutral court when Jelly Walker is playing and playing well. He's a really big deal. Uh, and they beat them. So anyway, though, Xavier missing a player. It's maybe getting that ratings hurt, but you're not going to drop that far on shock quality because one guy goes out for a little and then – Miami, who everyone seems to be really high on and is really excited about. I don't know. What, what do you make of Miami? Um, a couple interesting games here recently. A nice win streak against Duke. Clobbered Louisville. But does this start of the season up here really make you think that they're a top 20 team in the nation? Well, here, here's the thing, though. We, we talked about guards kind of being uh, yeah, they have what guards. you need <laughs> yeah, to yeah. win the championship. And you look back, you think of Villanova, you think of Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, you think of Virginia, you think of Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, Baylor, you got uh, Butler and uh, yep. Mitchell and Teague, was it? Master Teague? Yep, I think yep. that's a running back, actually. But you know what I'm saying? They, they no, have the guards. No, no. Right, last year. Yeah. That's what that's what matters. And then even Miami last year was at Elite Eight or Swiss, Sweet Sixteen when they got bounced. But their best players in the tournament, outside of McGusty, seem to be Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller, and they're both back this year. And I got to catch a little bit of them. I watched them actually play NC State. It was a classic. I think it went to one overtime or two overtimes. Um, there is a fun team to watch, and I think like Iowa, we have them ranked higher when in reality. Like the AP's not giving them credit, and now this right, is kind of right. vice versa. The AP's giving them credit, and we're not giving them as much credit. And you can kind of see, like Isaiah Wong, for instance, almost like an anti Chris Murray when it comes to the percentiles and the shot quality points mm -hmm. per possessions, because his off the dribble three point shot is 79th percentile. And if you watch Miami, you shouldn't be shocked by that. He's one heck of a basketball player. But then all of a sudden you start going down lower and lower and you see that he's taken the mid-range jumper 40 times this year and he's in the 24th percentile. Damn. And he's he's taken the catch-and-shoot three-pointer 36 times, 40th percentile. Can't make and him, same with Jordan not, Miller. Not making him enough, yeah. Yeah, there's issues with those two in there. But at the same time, they don't 
they probably don't even get out of the first or second round last year without them. So I think even if the numbers are struggling and the regular season, like you said, come look at the beginning and they beat Greensboro, but they should have lost. And Greensboro is good, but they're not even the favorite in the, in the, in the SoCon. It should be Furman. And they, they beat UCF fairly. And they lost to they lost to UC, well the shot quality has them losing and UFC's US, UCF's fine but like Cornell come on yeah. now and Cornell Boston lost College. a big Virginia well like they gotta go the other way too right they were given a lot of credit for holding up their own against Virginia shouldn't have done that they were mm-hmm. given a good amount of credit for beating Boston College at home badly should have been a home loss to BC yep. right That's huge or at least too. on the median score right mm-hmm. they they it should have been a lot closer is it, and and. We probably always need to be a little more aware of it, things, especially with how shot quality works on expected scores, like being so definitive. Um, this was, sure, was it It was expected to be much closer is, is really a lot of a safer thing to say. I mean, expecting them to win, well, what actually it was, we expected them to lose 40, win 42% of the time, and they won at a number that would make you think they were expected to win that game, you know, 90% of the time, right? Um, that's just not what happened. So they they placed themselves in a, a further part of the distribution. Now, in terms of placing yourself and everything else we do here at Shot Quality on the right place in your distribution, uh, we would always appreciate you giving us the like, the subscribe. It helps boost the numbers. It helps us grow. We're trying to, of course, make uh, expected numbers in basketball a little bit more, I guess, prevalent. Uh, bring this conversation out there, what teams are doing on the court, not necessarily if the ball is going through the hoop. It was a great last week for shot quality. I, don't, I hope you all tuned in to the CBS broadcast of Dayton VCU. We have a lot more cool stuff coming surrounding live shot quality scores. Later this week on my Twitter page and even on the Shot Quality Bets Twitter page, we're going to be doing another live score demonstration and we're probably going to let the people choose the game. So make sure to follow Shot Quality Bets on Twitter at Shot Quality Bets. And uh, we'll see you next Monday for the next top 25 for myself, for Big Three, and for uh, Mr. Musa down there. We all appreciate you tuning in, hanging out, chatting a little uh, top 25. Who's the best team in the nation? You know, I don't think that's for anyone to know definitively until we get to April. For Justin, for myself, for Musa, for Big Three, I'll see you next time.